Hi, I'm Jenny. And I'm Becky. And we are the Friends. Hi, friend. It's good to see you. Good to see you too. I hope you're feeling better. You were sick last week and (sighs) it's winter. Is it even winter winter in Texas? Uh, yeah, it's 65 degrees here. Oh, okay. (laughs) Actually, they had, we had real freezing and Uh, people wouldn't drive anywhere because it was cold. Well, we had, Becky, one Friday, we had like seven inches of snow that day. We weren't supposed to get that much, but it snowed all day. We had like seven inches of snow. And the next day was like insanely cold and windy because I had a wedding. Um, the following Friday, so one week later, it was 79 degrees. No. I'm not kidding. Yeah. So that's, we're uh, having all the weather. All the weather, all at once. Yeah. So uh, we find ourselves almost at Lent, if you can believe it, because Lent is super early. And this is the, I don't know, what is it? What Sunday after Epiphany? The fifth. Fifth. But it's this fabulous, fabulous, but long reading from Isaiah. It's I so love great. This. Do you want to read it? Sure, let's go. The reading is from Isaiah 40, 21 to 31. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretch out like the heavens, like a curtain and spread them like a tent to live in, who brings princes to naught and makes the rulers of the earth as nothing. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth when he blows upon them and they wither and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me, or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see, who created these? Mm. He who brings out their hosts and numbers them, calling them all by name, because he is great in strength, mighty in power, and not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Where do we start with this beautiful poem? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Well, for Isaiah. I'm a grasshopper, so what do I know? So what do I know? <laughs> My, uh, right? Like, like, actually, if, if you're lucky, you're a grasshopper. I think right. the kings are the grasshoppers, right? right? Like, <laughs> because I'm also stubble. I'm something that was planted and scarcely sown, and my stem didn't take root, and I'm off like stubble. I'm all of those things. I'm, um, I'm just anyway, where do we, away. 
Where do I always start, start with, with figuring out whose voice is talking? Oh, I thought about that too. Yeah. Right. Like who is this? Um, and I think the way that I read it, it was, uh, the prophet, right? Like, you know, have actually saying these things, um, and asking these questions, right? right have you right. Not heard? Have you have not you known? Yeah. Has it not been told you from the beginning? Like they're trying to like, they're placing whatever the garbage is that's going on right now in Isaiah 40. So it's probably the Babylonian exile, right? They're putting it in context of their beginning and their story. So... I got a little confused when, but I'm I'm sure you're right. When I started thinking about this was when we got down to, to whom then will you compare me or who is my equal? And I was like, wait, I thought Isaiah was speaking. And then I, I saw thought, yeah, yeah, the yeah, Holy yeah. One. Uh-huh. And then, but then you, sometimes some of the Psalms especially do go back and forth between who is speaking. But I think you're right. I think this is um, Isaiah who is asking people, you know, didn't you see this coming? Didn't you know, <laughs> you know, God is so great. And and when you don't follow God's ways, like you will be like stubble. If you're if you don't take root in the earth, you will wither. Like, what are you being fed by? What is, you know, mm-hmm. and when he blows upon them, because the winds do come, they wither. And the tempest, like the first, this is reminds me a little bit of the um, the parable of the sower, mm-hmm. because the wind and the tempests do come, but how well rooted you are and what you're rooted in matter about whether you can stay and grow and produce fruit. And mm. this is like, yeah, you guys were scarcely sown and <laughs> you were fresh seeds and the tempest came and you weren't in the ground, you were immature, you weren't in the yeah. ground, and you got carried off. Well, the thing that really strikes me reading it just now is the, um, that's the beginning of the poem, right? It's talking about this transience, this like God is so huge and peoples right. are so small. But then it goes on and it says, he who brings out their host and numbers them, Calling them all by name. So are we grasshoppers or are we known by name? Is every angel known by name? Is every, you know, like. I mean, I think it's who do you have eyes to see? Like what Mm. do you. So this is the line that gets repeated. Have you not known? Have you not heard? You know, a repeated motif throughout the Bible is having eyes to see and ears to hear. This one also has known, like what has, what have you known? And I think the people who are known, I mean, I think God knows us all by name, right? Mm -hmm. But some of us don't know that. Hmm. And we haven't heard and we don't know. Mm -hmm. And we know that's true because we know that God's people got exiled to Babylon as a consequence, really as, as the consequence of their own disregard of the prophets, right? And their mm-hmm. own inability to be the people of God and the people they knew they, God knew they could be, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then 
But then not only does he call them all by name, but then we also have this switch after that second, have you not known, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. You know, the youths will faint and be weary. I mean, this is like reversals, right? Yeah. But I mean, I guess it's another reversal. Like, are we grasshoppers or are we known and and carried off like stubble? Or are we known and called by name? They, they're numbered. No one, not one is missing. I think I made a noise when you said that because it was so. Yeah, you did. (laughs) It was so cute. (laughs) Not one is missing. Like even if you get carried away like the stubble, God knows where you are. Not one is missing. Mm -hmm. So one of the messages of this is at the end, it says, but those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. And we know God's people do come back from Babylon. Mm-hmm. God does remember them. Mm-hmm. God does bring them home. Yeah, but it's, I'm laughing because I'm like, God brings them home. And then they're yeah. like, and they are like, yay, we're home. And they're like, oh, no. Oh, crap. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, God brings, brings them, them home. home. And, and they thought, we talked about that once before on another uh-huh. episode where we they thought it's going to be so great and what they find is ruin and uh-huh. the the people who had been there the whole time are like who are you what are you doing I'm like what do you think you're doing but you know it makes me think of like but like that's the end of this reading is like your str- like you will be lifted up like uh those who wait for the lord shall renew their strength Right. So, so there is this promise that there's going to be this somehow, some way, some miracle, pull it out, it could happen kind of restoration for these people. They shall walk and not be faint is mm-hmm. also very tangible. That implies to people who live in a wilderness desert world and have just been marched across the desert yeah that they will be tangibly cared for Mm. they they will have food they will have water they will have strength i don't know i've been thinking a lot because we'll get to it in a minute the the Mm -hmm. gospel about how even when people see god's miracles they are they do still need food and water like the body <laughs> bodily needs for safety and food and water are very tangibly real. And so I think when I first heard that, when you read it, I'm thinking more metaphorically, they shall walk and not be faint. But when we just got there again, I was like, yeah, no, I think to a desert people who have either just been exiled to Babylon or are on the way this actually means a tangible promise of food and water and safety and rest mm-hmm. too. So anyway, that, that strikes me this time too. That's not just metaphorical. Um, yeah. A miracle will come and at some time 
you will be, you will have strength and you will have freedom and you will be able to walk. Because wings like eagles implies a freedom too. Mm. A freedom and a strength, right? Yeah. Like, like there's like, I mean, just that then as now, those birds were considered symbols of strength and and like the power to fly, of course. Well, and it's also reminds me of Psalm 139, right? If I take the wings of an eagle and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand will hold me and your right hand hold me faster. Even there you Mm -hmm. you will find me. Um, I think it's probably meant to hearken, to, to hear like that a bit too, which is about God loving you, which, which is very similar to the, no one, no one is missing. And he calls them all by name. I mm. think that echo is, is here on purpose. To yes. Remind people that's who their God is. And I think a lot of the strength that comes out of this is because of the beginning part, right? Like it's because God is so big, because God is the creator, because God is actually in control of these things. Like this is how they're seeing. It's he who sits above the circle of the earth. Yeah. And so, and they're God's people. Right. Right. And so like without that God sitting above the circle of the earth, everything looks a whole lot bleaker. The beginning, have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Is he just trying to remind them that they already knew this? <laughs> Is he, you know, because I feel like for me personally, psychologically, when somebody reminds me of something I already knew, mm. there's a real, I don't know, there's a real peacefulness in that. It's already deep inside of me and I may have forgotten it, but mm. it's it gets to a much deeper place than if it's the first time I'm hearing it. But also there's an element of sort of scolding, right? Yeah. Like you forgot. Yeah, you guys have been told this from the beginning. Like what is the problem? <laughs> Didn't I tell you? I mean, like, we're moms, right? Like <laughs> Didn't I tell you? You guys know this. So you've been told this from the beginning. If you jump on the couch, someone will get hurt. Like, like it is a universal law yes, of the universe. Yes. Like the yes. of, of like it's a. I swear it's like a Newtonian law. When children jump on couches, if, they will get hurt. So my <laughs> older son, let the record reflect, is about to turn twenty-eight. Jumped off the arm of a couch and broke his arm, and he was at the at that moment being supervised by his father, who was at the time a child abuse prosecutor. So I think you're right. I think it is written into the law of gravity. If jumping on the couch, then injury. Yeah. It's it's automatic. It and, will happen. And there is an element of this that could be a bit of that scolding. But I receive it now as a 21st century person, as a reminder. Yeah. Which then feels very much like you just said, when you remember that it's God who sits above the circle of the earth, that feels a whole lot better. 
Yeah. But I mean, and know who that thought is in order for you to feel better about it. Right. <laughs> I mean, another way is like, I, I read it forcefully, but there's another way to read it, which is, have you not known? Have you not heard? Right. Has it not been told to you from the beginning like oh honey yeah oh, sit honey, down this hasn't changed. <laughs> right yeah. oh my god you poor thing <laughs> like part of me goes where is your mother <laughs> no but I hear you it could be that it could be tender it could be yeah but the cynical part of me just keeps coming back to but if this is Isaiah speaking right uh-huh. Isaiah's like I have been telling you this forever. This is Deutero Isaiah. So this is like school of Isaiah, uh, people in the exile 150 years after. Yeah, so they don't. So it's not actually, it's the, the voice of Isaiah saying, we have been saying this forever. But there probably are people, Becky, they've been living in Babylon who don't know the story who don't know the stories, who don't know God. Yeah. I mean, part of it is like, so if we widen it up though, mm-hmm. and we think not just Isaiah, like, have you not heard? Have you not known? Like, that's the story of Abraham and Sarah. Uh-huh. That's the oh, sure. story of Joseph and uh, his brother, the known world and his brothers. Like, it's not just like, this crisis. It's actually God giving the people what they need in the wilderness. It's God. It's God uh, remembering. It's God working through, like with Joseph and his brothers, it's God working through all of the crap in the world, like the tempest, mm-hmm. the tempest and and the winds, for God's purposes. So Joseph gets sold into slavery rather than being killed by his brothers. But God ends up using that to, to save an entire civilization and, <laughs> and God's family, you know, the yeah. people of God. And so, so yeah, um, such a great point. Like part of this is, is helping people see, do, do you not know, do you not remember God can take all the calamities, God can take all of this and, and turn it around. Mm. Is that you what, know what Abraham this and Sarah? Is really, this is really silly, but it reminds me of in the Peanuts Christmas special when Linus starts saying the gospel of Luke. Yeah. And the chaos and everyone remembers, yeah. you know, like that's the kind of vibe here. Is like, yeah. Yeah. Because there's all the chaos and everybody has forgotten and they think it's about the tin Christmas trees and the dancing. And he says, have you not known? Have you not heard? Actually, he doesn't say that, but, oh, I know what it is. Charlie Brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful, Becky. That's not silly. I mean, you know that I'm particularly partial to using the stories that people know to tell the stories of God. And I'm particularly partial to cartoons. Yeah. I love them. (laughs) Well, I'm hoping that you will agree to record a Frozen Sunday podcast episode, which combines cartoons and 
my love of telling the stories of God using stories people know. And let it be stated for the record, as a mother of a child who went as Elsa four times in a row for Halloween, Mm -hmm. I got you, girl. (laughs) So anything else we want to say about, um, about Isaiah before we move to the gospel? I think I'm ready for the gospel. All right. So the gospel is Mark 1, 29 to 39. After Jesus and his disciples left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, He got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. Mm. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. He went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues, and casting out demons. I have a note from past Becky. Oh my God. I found, which must be six or from six or nine years ago. Okay. When it was this year. Okay. Uh, because it's in my feasting on the word, which okay. is when I'm going to read the stuff. Oh my and God. It, what does past Becky say? Past Becky says, this reading is gearing up for Lent. It's the flip side of epiphany. It's not light. It's dark. It's not found, it's hunting, it's not together, but deserted. Mm, interesting. Thanks, Past Becky. Thanks, Past Becky. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I get so what I feel like said. that's mostly getting to the second paragraph, not the first one, which is its own little sort of standalone. Like, they go hunting, and I, I yeah. like, they hound him. Like, yeah. hunting, yeah. like, they're searching for him is not the right word. It's like, yeah, um, him down. Yeah, it's, um, as I understand it, the Greek word does imply searching for prey, stalking, like stalking uh-huh. the prey. Um, so this, again, cynical Ginny. Now, mm-hmm. I don't have a note from past Ginny who wasn't exhausted <laughs> and cynical. But cynical Ginny feels very much this, this struggle of struggling to have compassion, finding it, but struggling to have compassion and not just being completely and utterly frustrated with those who literally would suck the life out of Jesus if they could. Because oh, yeah. before this, he has healed the demon guy in this in the synagogue. Mm-hmm. And and he taught them as someone with authority. And they want that. And they want the healings. And they bring everybody to him. I mean, they, he can't even go in... Well, we can talk about the mother-in-law thing too. That, but, <laughs> yeah, but they they bring to him all who are sick, and I get it. If someone you love is 
is sick or seems to be possessed by a demon, which could be something that we might call today epilepsy or addiction or mental illness, psychosis of some kind. Um, Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's a demon because in the other one, the demon seemed to know him. Who knows? You would desperately do anything you could. But I also feel very much like they are also not really interested in being transformed. They are just hungry. Oh. And and this happens repeatedly in all of the Gospels. And Jesus always finds a way to be by himself for a while. And he's always kind. Now here, he says, let's just go to the neighboring town. Yeah. And what happens is he says, well, then give them something to eat. Or it will say he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a a shepherd. But I, I really feel for Jesus and feel annoyed on his behalf. And (laughs) I say that I'm probably thinking about myself. Um, not to equate myself with Jesus, but the idea of all people want is what they can get from you because uh, ultimately we are wired biologically for our own survival, or we might extend that out to include our family and our extended family and breaking out of that to include the common good, to include the neighbor, much less our enemies, to even just give Jesus some space instead of hunting him. Hmm. This just hurt. This is like cynical, tired Ginny. Hmm. Um, but I, I can sometimes have compassion because I get it. If you're a parent and your child is sick. Oh, my gosh. You know, or you're yeah. a woman with the issue of blood. Um, you're faint and weary. And somebody comes along who seems to be able to do something about it. You're going to come right on to that. But God didn't make Jesus a healer, just a healer. Jesus Mm. is something so much more than that. And and people want to put him in the healing and feeding box. Yeah. He's like a food truck with a a healing station on the end. That's like... (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and then also exorcisms, which are in a way their own healings. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Like the acts of power... And it's showing, like, just who's boss. And for once, it's the good guy who's the boss. And isn't that great? I mean, yeah, it is a really important healing. And we know from our modern life, those kinds of ailments have always been super difficult. And remember, even in one of the Gospels, uh, the the disciples come back and they say, we we even had a hard time with this. And Jesus says, oh, yeah, those kinds are very hard. (laughs) Um. But heal, I mean, healing is important. I don't mean to minimize it. Mm. And being hungry, you can't do anything. All you think about is how hungry you are. Right. That's right. I get it. But also what's apparent is that Jesus is so much more. And, and all people really want is for him to stay in the feeding and healing business. And frankly, if I'm honest, I sort of want that too. Mm. I'm not sure how open I ever am to like really want to be. 
completely and utterly transformed into someone else. You know, it's like Jesus says, leave, leave your people. And I, I didn't leave my people. I was married and had children before I became a priest. Okay. So anyway, there's my cynical part. What, what is, what, what comes to you when we, when we read this, except, okay. So past Becky has this contrasting with epiphany. Yeah. Like, like we're moving into Lent, which is a different kind of space. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, he's foreshadowing that he's going to go out in the wilderness during Lent. Mm-hmm. Mm. No one hunts for him there, by the way. Isn't that interesting? No. Except Satan. Except Satan. Satan's right there. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I know how hungry you are. You can't think of anything else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So what is, so past Becky had her observations. What about present? What about 2024, Becky? Maybe I should have saved this for Lectio, but I mean, on some level, like good on the disciples for hunting for him. How many of us actually hunt for Jesus? Like, so... So, like, even if, even if, like, our, like, the disciples, whatever their intention was. Right. Whatever it was, which I don't think was purely self-giving, right? Like, like, they're you just mean like. selfish? This. Oh, no. Oh, so, you. Yeah. It's like, a mix of selfish and self-giving. Yeah, exactly. For the disciples. It's about the ministry and it's also about them. Yep. And but they're hunting Jesus. And so the result is they're hunting Jesus and they, and they find him and they find him. Right. And then he keeps going with them. Right. So like, so looked at a different way, have I been hunting for Jesus or have I been like, Oh, where'd Jesus go? Oh no. Like (laughs) Uh, (laughs) he was supposed to show up again today. Wasn't he? Yeah, I don't know why he coming he's not back. Here. Isn't he coming back to Peter's house? Maybe Peter's mother-in-law can make us some breakfast. Right. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, because now she's not sick anymore. <laughs> hey, I heard so a great funny. reading about that, which really made me feel better. What? So one way we can read Simon's mother-in-law, like it's so frustrating to have her be healed just to wait on the men. Right. right. Like it's almost like the whole reason she got healed is to do that. Uh, but the reading for a different way of looking at it is saying like Peter's mother-in-law was healed. And she's so happy and energized. She gets up and she gets up and gratitude. But like that's Jesus is a servant leader. Jesus washes the feet of his disciples. Jesus is like, in right. some ways she's better at emulating Jesus hmm. than the disciples are. Because she's serving. Because she's serving because she understands that like, right. this is not just about that's her. A good point. So I was thinking about, I mean, again, I can't help but think of it as they did it because they wanted somebody to make dinner. But also, if your mother-in-law is sick with a fever, they don't have antibiotics. They don't know Mm -hmm. if she's going to live, right? Fevers are much scarier then. When you twist it a bit, when you go in, not as cynical, Ginny, you can see that maybe they told him, him 
maybe the whole reason they came was because they were worried about Simon's mother-in-law, about Peter's mother-in-law, that she mm-hmm. has a fever and they're afraid. And then maybe she is so grateful that that she can't help but respond Mm. what she has to give which is I can't help but imagine like like she's got big mom energy mm-hmm. and Jesus is like the age of Peter and her kids mm-hmm. <laughs> so like I'm like imagining her being like oh honey sit down right sit down you've been on your feet all day like right. let's get something yeah, but also but <clears throat> and um, so far, the Sons of Thunder and Simon and Peter, Simon and Andrew, don't, they haven't really seen the, any miracles except the demon. Mm. She actually felt it in her body. Like she, he lifted her up. Gosh. She, she has got a different relationship with G. He touched her and lifted her up and she was healed. She must be a bit like that woman with the issue of blood who felt power drain out of him. Mm -hmm. She must have felt something and he lifted her up and he didn't push her down, you know, to serve. He lifted her up and then she serves. So he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the, then the fever left her. And she began to serve. And she's been lifted up. And what's always, I always look at that. I don't have the Greek in front of me, but I'm always like, is that the word for resurrection? Mm. Because it often is. The lifting up? The lifting up, yes. Mm. Like the rising, the raising up um, Mm -hmm. is often the same word that you use for like Jesus rising from the dead. Mm -hmm. So it implies something, if that is the same word. Which is is also like her being like him, right? Yep. If she yep. serves, she's a servant leader, and also she's dead and gets resurrected and gets lifted up. So also, I like this is like getting into little fanficy kind of stuff, but like that must have been really useful for Jesus to have a good relationship with Simon's mother-in-law. Why? Because he was taking Simon. Sure. And all these other guys to go be hobos. You know? <laughs> like, like they're not working. Like they're, right. they're being provided for by the women. Right. Yeah. Like, he's got to have good relationships with the moms or the wives or the wives and the wives. Yeah. Right. Like what is going on here? So <laughs> anyway, so that's just my, my like, Oh, good play. Jesus. Well, let's do <laughs> let's now that we're now that we're like less um you were never cynical becky oh that's not true but let's do (laughs) at least not during the podcast today let's do electio and you get to pick it because i have been picking some and we haven't had you picking it in a bit so you pick okay for that is what i came out to do Mm. so read it again uh, so this is Jesus's answer to the right. disciples after they find him. He says, let us go on to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. So I'm just sort of thrown off by the out. 
Yeah. And, and maybe there's some sort of thing that in Greek, it's just not a big deal. Um, mm-hmm. So if it said, for that is what I came to do, what it makes me think about is, this is in response to everyone is searching for you. Mm-hmm. And he says, then let's go to the neighboring towns for that is what I came to do. So what, what occurs to me is that Jesus was saying, I didn't come to be with any one people. Mm. You know, I, I am more of a food truck than a restaurant. You know, <laughs> I, um, everyone is searching for you. Well, then let's go find. That's what yeah. I let's go to the neighboring towns because that's what I came to do. Yeah, it 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 actually harkens a little tiny bit back to Epiphany, but as you said, flips it. Part of the message of Epiphany is the entire world coming to Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Like the message mm. um, is for the entire world. These these people from the east who are not Jewish, they see. Have you not seen? Have you not heard? And they're like, oh yes, we have, and we're on our way right? Mm -hmm. This is Jesus going out beyond just the little village. And maybe when they said, everyone is looking for you, Jesus took them literally, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Is that the royal we? Like, (laughs) like, like everyone's looking for you. Like, let's go to Asia. Um, (laughs) What do you think about uh, what strikes me is that Jesus is not letting them define his own ministry. Ooh. Like Jesus is saying like, like there's a, like, and Jesus is going to keep healing and he is yeah. going to keep feeding people, but that's not why he's there. Mm-hmm. Like he's there for what we call the gospel. Right. Like this, this, this liberation, this good news, God is doing a new thing. Mm-hmm. Welcome into the kingdom of God. And they probably imagined with the, everyone is searching for you, that Jesus will come back to Peter's house and they'll oh, open yeah. the clinic again. Right. Because normal humans would be flattered by that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, everyone- yeah searching for you. Everyone is looking for you. Where did you go? We're so worried. Come back with us. And there's this like real feeling of being needed and wanted and like that feels good, mm-hmm. but that's not what Jesus does. So, and to their, the disciples credit, they have just started with him. They have no idea what his ministry looks like. Oh yeah. They just, could have a tiny little vision of Jesus's ministry, right? Like, why would they know differently? Like knowing Jesus, he probably said it and no one heard it. Right. That would be very Mark-like. So one of the steps in Lectio is, what does this call you to do? And the way we do that here on the podcast is, who does this call you to bless? And and so I'm going to say it calls me to bless all the women who taking care of all those mom, the people with the big mom energy. And so that could also be dads, but the people who do that un, generally speaking, unrecognized 
care inside the home, mm-hmm. the serving inside the home, the the staying up by some the bed of somebody who's sick and the making dinner and the cleaning up and the wiping noses and the comforting and all that caretaking. My blessing is for all of those people. Jesus lifted her up. Mm. That is a blessing. Jesus lifts you up. So my prayer and blessing is for them that you're seen and you are lifted up. What's mm. your what's your blessing, Becky? My blessings on the ministry we're doing. Like not just the ministry we're called to do, but the ministry that mm. is happening, that we're doing, oh. that we're like actually doing, you know, like just to say like we are called to the next village. And also there's something about saying, like, they did heal those people. They yeah. did heal those people. Like, and, this is, and, so, and now we're moving out. And this is true for people in their lay ministries too, right? Like, oh, yeah. It's not just eventually what you're called to in their big scheme of things. It's also on the Metro ride on your way to work. It's everything. What are you doing right this minute? And Jesus's full ministry is not about healing Peter's mom from fever, but it was also that. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to bless the people who are doing the ministry on their way. Oh, that's beautiful. Because I don't, I feel like I'm always on the way. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Well, thank you, Becky, for, for, um, being a fabulous co-host as usual and we appreciate it and we'll see you next week see you next week we'll find time it'll be fabulous yeah uh okay so thanks everybody for listening we love having you with us as part of this conversation let help other people know about us and uh, we'll see you next week so bye bye friends <laughs>